Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Welcome to a Wednesday in the last Wednesday trade of 2023. Of course, we're going to take a look at what's happening in these markets. Kind of had that mixed market feel on the day as we talk about the fact that corn and beans, actually wheat, all saw their lower numbers on the day. We'll take a look at the mixed trade that happened on the livestock market as well. As Sue Martin joins us. Sue, of course, with Agate Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's kind of talk over the overall feel. Um, we look at the fact that we only have two more trading days left in this marketing year. It just seems to kind of have that holiday hangover tone continuing today. It does. And, of course, uh, we had such good rallies yesterday. Even beans finally managed to come out of their doldrum and rally with the help of soy meal. Uh, but the wheat market, I think, gained help yesterday because of the uh, Ukrainian uh bombing or missile attack on a Russian ship, and then Russia turning around and retaliating, and um, then also the concerns out of the Red Sea. Um, you know, they're seeing the Houthis use $20,000, um, what do I want to say, those drones, and so that's a little different playing field than we're used to. Usually you'd think they'd be using um sort of missiles or, you know, the guns and what have you, but they're using these drones. And, of course, that shipping, I think, is causing concern for countries like Egypt, for example, or Pakistan, some of those countries from the Middle East area that may be vulnerable and worried that they may not be able to get timely uh, delivery of their uh, food, like wheat, for example, and rice, but especially wheat. And so I think that rallied the wheat market yesterday. Now today, the market's taking a step back. Probably it didn't close as bad as it could have, especially in the KC. But I think it's probably just sort of that turnaround Tuesday effect. If so, then we should try to see this market because of the inside range day we had today. That market should try, if it's any good, to renew some strength tomorrow. Now, the corn market also caught some weakness off of that wheat and uh, selling, and so corn stepped back. But soy meal was a little lower, and then uh, soybean oil all of a sudden gained some power today and came forward and closed higher today, which helped the soybean market manage to close a little bit higher as well. So as you take a look at, uh, I want to talk basis for a moment here, because obviously we just have a few trading days left. Uh, farmer selling is going to be pretty quiet uh, going into the new year. So should we remain pretty steady on the basis for, for all the grains? Well, it pretty much has. The basis has actually been pretty, pretty status quo, I would say. Um, I would say the demand for corn is pretty decent. And, uh, of course, we've had very good demand for wheat. I think that, um, you know, the concern for the market is the farmer is just probably not going to be making much effort to move anything unless he can get a nice little rally going here for some improvement in prices otherwise. And it depends on an ethanol plant. If you have an ethanol plant that doesn't have much supply and is needing to try to bid, to get, we even heard of some corn that was like right at $5 here out of some ethanol plants. But they've got to entice that farmer to say, okay, I'm going to try to bring some grain in and um, 
you know, right now the farmers seem to be pretty lackluster thinking they're going to see something better. And when you look at the corn market, I would have to say, you know, we were looking at this continued weather situation in Brazil. I think that leads to a concern over the um, uh, corn, the safrina corn, how much gets uh, planted. And it isn't going to be timely this year. And then on top of that, you've also got the fact that uh, farmers are, you know, not willing to sell much right now. And so I just think that that there could be some support under this corn market. Also, you know, Argentina, um, their government, the new president, Javier uh, Malay, he's going to uh, cut uh, government spending by essentially firing 5,000 new government employees. Now, a lot of those were put into off or into their jobs in 23 here before the election. And, of course, uh, he also plans to sell off some state-owned companies in hopes of raising money to pay down foreign debt. But, you know, the country's looking at inflation of, of about 200% in 2024. That's a concern, and that probably will make the Argentine farmer more willing to maybe part with some of his grain when he needs money or to pay bills. For the Brazilian farmer, because of the weather they're dealing with, and the heat is still with them, temperatures running in the mid-90s to upper 90s, which should last right on through into Sunday, and then it should start cooling a little bit, and they should start catching some rains. And the rain forecast is about, well, Mato Grosso maybe two to three and a half inches, and and Gias uh, around two to four inches. So they should start seeing some pretty decent rains, and especially if we can get past the um, situation with the high temperatures that they've been enduring. And at what point do you think we'll really start to see um, more concrete information coming out as to how those crops are coping with either too much rain or lack thereof? I think it's going to be when we start to, they've already got about 1%. Uh, it's estimated by IMEA that they've got 1% harvested in Mato Grosso. A year ago, they didn't have anything. So it's very early. But I think as we roll the year over and get into about mid-January, usually around the middle of January to the latter part of January, you start seeing this early stuff being harvested. And I think that's when they're going to find out in Mato Grosso, for example, just how bad the crops are. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half. It is the channel final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's another channel chat where we discuss what's happening in the new channel seed brand across the Central Plains region. I'm Joe Gangwish. Matt McGuire is with us from Central Plains Solutions out of Wisner, Nebraska, and he talks about the merger of Fontenelle and Channel moving forward. Yeah, you know, like I said, we, you know, we're big on the crop consulting side and the agronomy side, and I think that going forward, the big reason that Fontenelle and Channel have merged is for the agronomy side of things and having more agronomy professionals you know we're going to be going from one on the legacy fontanelle side to i believe 12 and i think that will be a a huge help to our customers that are looking for that uh, support on the back end when they're raising their crops 
If you want more information, contact Matt with Central Plain Solutions out of Wisner or any one of your new Channel Seed professionals across Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. For Channel Seed, I'm Joe Gangwish. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Sue Martin. Sue, of course, is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Kind of talked off leading um, what was happening with the, the markets in South America and how things were, were going. It made me think export, though, why, Sue? Because I know the wire's probably going to be pretty quiet these next couple of days. But is there the potential for a pickup after the first of the year? Oh, I think so. I think we'll see exports start to pick up after we get past these holidays. I mean, you know, you look around the world, it's not just in the U.S., you know, it's China and various places that are all celebrating the holidays. So I think that um, when we get past the new year, we will start to see a little more incentive. I was looking today at costs for producing uh, corn and beans in the U.S. versus what, and then shipping it over to China. And and actually, compared to like in Paraná or Mato Grosso, it was interesting because for the most part, the U.S. was very uh, competitive in price, very competitive. So I thought that was real interesting to see, and in some cases even uh, a little bit less expensive landed in China. So was there, I wanted to kind of switch gears and go over to the livestock side, and as we start looking at the cattle, Sue, was there some optimism? I mean, we saw some early gains in this market before it ended up finishing mixed to more on the lower side for the live cattle. Well, the live cattle did, and I don't think there's been a lot of cash trade, and it's expected that the cash trade would hold about steady around 170 to maybe as high as 172 this week. But if there's any cash trade, I would expect that it's probably going to be more tomorrow into Friday that we start to see it. Now, this week, the cattle slaughter is expected to be down 39.5% from the week before and down 12 0.1% from a year ago at this time. And calf slaughter, same thing. We're down uh, 33% from a week ago, and we're also down about 33% from a year ago in the calf slaughter. And then you look at hog slaughter, and that's down 35% for the week, and also down for oh, about 4.4, from a year ago for hog slaughter. So holidays have got something to do with it, but it did a year ago, too. One thing I thought was interesting for the week, and you might like this, Susan, sheep slaughter is estimated to be unchanged from a week ago, but down 12.5% from a year ago. I thought that was interesting. So our meats seem to be um, not as abundant as normal, but I will say I think the demand for beef should be pretty good. Um, I think that right at the moment, technically, we're getting a little bit overbought. Uh, but I think, you know, when you look at feeder cattle especially, seasonally you do find support around Christmas time, and you rally into about January 10th, 11th. And then you'll hit a high there and then dip down towards February before you get footing again and then maybe catch your rally up through March into uh, April, and of course, weather's going to have a lot to do with it this year. Well, I also heard, I mean, when it comes to export numbers, as we look going into the new year, it's still China, Japan, then followed by Mexico uh, for U.S. demand of our product. 
It is, uh, very much so. But when it comes to pork, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Chinese demand in the market um, just yet. We need them in our market, but their prices are so so low. And, of course, they've been dealing with uh, African swine fever. And so, you know, even the amount of wheat that is being put into the feed ration or soy meal, into the feed ration, it's down appreciably. I think soy meal put into feed ration is down for hogs, is down about 13% from where it was a year ago at this time over in China. So, you know, I don't see China in our market just right away. Um, our cold storage is down in both beef and, and pork. Now, it makes you wonder in the pork side with our slaughter overall having been pretty decent, you know, hog slaughter is up 2% from a week ago, up about just shy of 1% from a year ago, but for the week. But I will say, um, you know, when you look at the hog slaughter, I'm wondering what kind of effect Prop 12 is having on our cold storage for supply. Exports for pork seems to be pretty decent, though, to other countries, just not so much China. Well, lots of interesting things are going to happen as we get ready for the new year. And I know that uh, hopefully, like you said, demand picks up both from a grain and and a meat perspective across the world. Oh, I think it will. Um, You know, there's a lot of baby boomers out there that love beef. And um, we just have a, a diverse population now. And it keeps getting that way. But I will say a lot of our immigrants coming in uh, to this country do love pork and chicken and beef, especially pork and beef. And so I think uh, we have to kind of keep that in mind. But as what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And y'all have a great day. And that is today's channel final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.